Everybody, welcome to another Sonic Talk number... Oh, that's not 200... It should be 297. I'm going to take that away because it's wrong. 297, the... the first of the year of 2013 uh, had a great uh, Christmas break and a new year happy new year to everybody who's uh, who's watching got the live chat room sonicstate.com forward slash live uh, although it's 297 um, so welcome everybody I hope you've all had a restive time a restive festive as I like to say I, I know I certainly have and uh, uh, although it's so restive that there's likely to be uh, just a ton of technical problems because I'm not really kind of all that focused yet this year but Nam is gradually bringing it into focus um, this year, uh, this year, I say first show of the year, we've got a great guest that we haven't had for a very long time. I'm very pleased to be able to announce Mr. Non-Eric, or Hans, as we call her. How do you like to be referred to? Do you have to stay in character or can we call you Hans? Stay in character. Non-Eric. We'll call you non-Eric, yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Great oh, to see you. Yeah, yeah. So, great to be back. I uh, know, uh, but back by popular request. Yes. I t- see, I told you you should have stuck with us. Yeah, I got a, uh, to, to clear it up, I got a, a, an email from a listener of your Sonic State podcast demanding that I should come back onto the show, and I think it's a good idea, so I did it. Brilliant. Well, I'm really glad to have you. Musotalk.de, basically, what we do at Sonic State, uh, non-Eric does in German, but more professionally and better, oh. so... Oh. <laughs> So even if you do like, if you do prefer his output, unless you actually understand German, you're kind of stuck. So you're stuck with us, I'm afraid. But do go and check him out. He's done some great stuff. In fact, and um, we're probably going to talk a bit later on. He's been doing some. Had a look at the Acer. Tw- is it a 23 inch touchscreen? Yes. With, uh, yes. With and we've we've got a bit of topic topic reader join into that a bit later. So that's what's known as a tease, which will mean you have to stay listening to find out what on earth we're talking about. Or fast forward, I suppose, if you're watching this on YouTube. But if you're watching live, you just have to stay in. Anyway, I won't go on. Um, so, um, Hans, thank you very much for joining us, like I say. And also, uh, we have Mr. Gaz Williams, songsurgeon.co.uk, over there in uh, Bristol. Gaz yes. is uh, a nice, nice bit of colour there. Ah, and I got my new T-shirt that I got yesterday from my wonderful girlfriend. Oh, nice. Anyone recognise that? Uh, it looks like it might be a red hairstyle. <laughs> Is it a Rihanna T-shirt? I wanted one of these for years. It's a magma T-shirt. Magma. Are they like a kind of uh, prog rock band? French prog, French prog rock band. That, well, you know, you've heard of a concept album, Magma, uh, the concept band. And that's maybe. a concept T-shirt. It is, and, you know, ah, oh, yes. Uh, anyway, I'm sporting a new set of headphones, which is my Christmas present, which are KRK uh, ah. monitoring headphones. Nice. How are they? I'm enjoying them. I've been using them in conjunction with my Focusrite VRM box, which is a, like a virtual speaker modeling system, and it yep. seems pretty cool. It's pretty cool. Nice match. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's quite cool. I've been doing some, uh, some mixing, some live, some live recordings, and... Um, and then listening back to the mixes on the speakers, and it seems to be working pretty well. Because these, speak- these headphones, what's quite good about them is um, they've got a bit of an NS10 vibe about oh, them. Oh, really? What? Yeah. Really painful to listen to for long periods of time. <laughs> and no yeah. bottom end. Yeah, pretty much. Well, no, they, they, kind of, they kind of just got that thing, that monitoring thing as opposed to headphones. So right. you know, it's to project the, the oh right. cool well, i'm glad you got something i don't think i've got anything audio-ish for christmas but I, it's quite nice not to but anyway gaz um thank you for joining us songsurgery.co.uk and we'll come next to i i'm be i'm really looking forward to this mark tinley who is totally 1950 well certainly last century he's very last century so you'll have to make a noise and then not, you'll yes. pop into the uh, <coughs> if you cough in a kind of hello uh, hello I'm afraid I'm, I'm all set up for this kind of thing, apart from the hairstyle. I'm afraid the hair has gone extremely wild and into some kind of crazy forward and thinking futuristic kind you of... You need a part. flat cap and a kind of Berber jacket, and then you'd be all set for racing commentary. <laughs> oh, I'm, I'm practicing for something. I'm not quite sure what. But what you might be interested to know is that I've got the tumble dryer on in the background. Can you hear it? I can't hear anything. No, it, absolutely. This is amazing, the, the uh, signal-to-noise on this, because you're so close to the mic, and it must do something clever 
To, uh, well, it's the rejection, isn't it? I mean, cause, yeah. so that is a, an old BBC. It's a Coles, which used to be owned by BBC or is owned by BBC. Oh, I don't know. I, I think they did. And uh, it's a ribbon mic that is actually um, used, uh, they used for commentary, uh, radio commentary and uh, also um, uh, TV commentary, racing commentary. I mean, they don't use them anymore, but they're still, it's a, it's a ribbon mic, which is unusual for ribbon because you're really close to it. So it's obviously very well padded because obviously if you blew on a ribbon mic or breathed on it a lot, it would the ribbon would, would rot. <laughs> would it? Well, no. I think so, because it doesn't okay. like the condensation, if I remember correctly. I ought not to be drinking tea while I'm using it. <laughs> or, or just don't exhale you, at all. You know that yeah. thing, though, you, you do have to be careful about with the coals. They're so delicate that just even swishing them through the air can pop the ribbon. So. Yeah. Really? Well, it's well, not those, though. I, I mean, this is designed for... No, I don't think this one. I looked this up on the internet and it, ah. after I bought it. And right. it said you can use it in a 20-mile-an-hour wind with no uh, noise uh, problems. And if you use it in a 40-mile-an-hour wind, you have to fit the additional uh, wind screen or wind So screen. that's when you want to use it for that thing where you're standing on top of an aeroplane doing stunts and you want to comp- do your own commentary at the same time. It, you could use that for <laughs> I could try that, yeah. <laughs> What's it actually called, then? What model of mic is it? It's a Coles 4104 lip mic. Lip mic, yeah, and um, the chat room been asking, is it really um, designed to be so used so close? Uh, yeah, and and it is. I mean, that's exactly what it's for for rejection. It's for very loud. You know, if you're surrounded by an enormous, um, uh, uh, you're going the wrong way. That's it. If you're surrounded by an enormous crowd making a lot of racket, then that will basically reject all of them and just keep. You know, yeah. The BBC called Mark. Can you do the Chelsea? Oh, that, can you do the Chelsea that, get versus Swansea game tonight? They want to know. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the thing on that little weird thing on the top there is literally you let rest that against your top lip and then it has a screen on the top here which takes some of the sound of your nose in through the top of it and the, and the main oh, voice is God. going into So it's the actually, uh, um, what's the word, um, acoustic mechanically, uh, acoustic mechanically modelled. And also, I suppose, if you, if you were to take snuff... You could just leave a little bit on the top there and kind of, you know, occasionally just sort of, or, or something else. It is a little known thing about just how much tone comes out of your nose. Oh, it's quite interesting. When you're singing, if you actually lift your microphone above your nose and, and sing, the tone of your voice is so different from if it's below. Interesting. I, I find the tone of my nose is very different. I mean, as you can tell, it's, uh, it's, it contributes a lot to the sound of my voice. So if I move it like that, yeah, but I'm going off axis, so that won't work. Um, anyway, uh, we've still got another guest to introduce. Anyway, thanks, Mark. <laughs> uh, let's say hello to Dave Spears, uh, g4software.com, who's uh, there with his lovely um, bank of synthesizers behind him. He'll have to talk, otherwise we won't ever see him. I was just looking at Mark, thinking, first of at some point during... Uh, today's podcast he's gonna have to say and they're coming up to the final furlong <laughs> and it's broomy bank broomy bank um but then it suddenly struck me looking at mark that do you remember that mel brooks film the producers the slightly camp hitler yeah yeah <laughs> yeah springtime for hitler i think it was yeah called. springtime yeah <laughs> it reminds- <laughs> so don't sing that the mic was constructed <laughs> So with this talk. in mind. Yeah, the blitz in mind. You know? Right, I'm going to have to stop this. I, I'm getting into all sorts of unfamiliar... I, I don't know whether this is politically correct or not, having a, 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 an actual bona fide German on the panel. I Just don't go there. I don't know what to do. No, I'm confused. No, no. <laughs> uh, incidentally, no, the, it wasn't... The, the microphone. Those microphones weren't used for um, the, the rallies and speeches. They were very old uh, Neumanns. In fact, there was a bottle... Uh, microphone which had a very tall um, sort of a housing and then a little thing on the top with a round um, microphone that's called uh, the bottle in case you wanted in fact I'm Andy my uh, my partner in crime who's on the other side of this partition had a ver- an, a, an original vintage 1940s <gasps> bottle that was actually titled the Hitler bottle because they were fairly sure it was around at the time that a lot of those speeches were made. Um, but then I, I'm just digging an even deeper hole yeah, for yeah. myself. So after saying shut up, <laughs> right, I'm just going to stop now. Let's Should we do a topic? Because for God's sake, I, I, I need something to clear the air. So let's have, uh, let's start with this one. And assuming it will start. Yeah. This is a nice introduction from uh, Waves. Waves have announced something new. And goodness me, if it's not a blooming synthesizer. 
Goldfrap? What did you do with Goldfrap? I thought that the best way to show the capabilities of uh, the element would be just to... Have the worst possible sound quality. ...where it takes us. So let's just see how this track is going to come together. I'm just going to start with the initial... Uh, right, no. I'm just going to fast forward. This is basically uh, uh, Yode, I think that's how you pronounce it, putting together a track using uh, Element, which is a new synthesizer from uh, Waves. Um, it's fairly standard. It uses something called Virtual Voltage, which is a, a great buzzword. I don't know whether it's any good. But um, as far as I know, um, you know, people are saying, actually, it sounds quite good. Um, I don't know what anybody else thinks about it. Uh, Dave Spears. What do you think about the thought of Waves releasing a synthesizer? I mean, it's pretty major, isn't it? I mean, they don't they don't do instruments. They never ever have, have they? Uh, no. I, have, I, I honestly, they lost me at, at two things. They lost me at the vault. Was it virtual voltage? Virtual technology. voltage technology. Another buzzword. I was like, that's gone. And Jordan Rudess, of course, endorsing it. Nothing against Jordan, but. As soon as as soon as Jordan endorses anything, that's it. I don't go any further. I'm afraid anymore. That's it. End of story for me. It is a bit unfortunate because Jordan is such a lovely bloke. It's just yeah. uh, that overexposure is sort of almost um, perhaps something that you, it is it could be an issue, I suppose, for some. Obviously, in your case, um, and I, I must admit, I was a bit confused because this video came up and uh, I'm listening to it, and it just all, all I can think of is it sounds like r- uh, real audio uh, about two kilohertz on his voice kind of grunging away and I just thought I, I can't I'm not going to be able to tell anything from this video so there are some other tracks that you could listen to which are all very kind of synthy poppy and what have you yeah it didn't strike me as anything particularly exciting I have to say yeah it's sort of uh, maybe it's the first of something you know of more you know and I guess there's you, you can't never have too many synthesizers so perhaps this is just another do you know what that was a t-shirt that somebody gave me for Christmas and it's a, and I'm really disappointed I didn't wear it today it says you can never have too many synthesizers. <laughs> and the sad thing was, is that it had loads of synthesizers on there in a stage setup, and I could name every single one. Well, I wouldn't expect anything else, Dave. I mean, you know. They found it terminally sad, I have to say. Oh, <laughs> That's anyway, why you got yes. it. Hans, we'll come to you. We haven't heard from you for years, almost. So why not? Um, have you, do you know anyone who's tried the demo? Have you tried the demo of this? It's now available. Um, you know, you can download it for and try a demo. And I think it's, you know, 99 bucks at the moment, reduced half price or whatever. I think, uh, as you know me, I always like to be a little bit... Um, Cantankerous? Yes, controversial. Because <laughs> I would say, yes, you can have too many synthesizers. Rather get to know the ones that you own or tried or whatever. And I can see no reason why I should have another virtual analog blably blue synthesizer from Waves. I don't see the point at all. I would see the point if there would be something sound-wise totally new happening. But let's yeah. face this. I mean, we've got the, the great stuff from Heckman. We've got the Imposca. All that stuff is out there. You know, it's and it's... We've already in a in a situation that um, the sound quality is almost on pair with anything analog, and I don't see why I should should even try it. Sorry. Uh, I must admit, I mean, yes, what's the USP is kind of where we're at because it's it's essentially it's a two oscillator with sub, few LFOs, couple of uh, a single multi-mode filter, bit of effects, and a sequencer thingy, which is. You know, it's nothing really. You know, it had, it had. It feels like there needs to be something. You know, it hasn't even got a hypersaw that does a gazillion hypersaws. You know, it's got none. So, uh, at least I don't know. I'm, I'm actually making a supposition. Maybe that's the unique selling point. I don't know. But yeah, it's it's, it's a tough ask. I think to come into a, what is quite a crowded um, uh, instrument market with with nothing other than your brand behind you. You know, there's no yeah. other sort of main thing. So. And there's so many things already developed. That's what, that's one of the reasons. I talked to a programmer recently about the, that subject and he said, well, there's a lot of libraries out there. You can just grab the code for a filter. You can grab the code for a uh, for anything, you know, LFOs and just stick something together very quickly. And that's why we have this vast stuff uh, out there, this great variety and maybe a couple of years ago we were still sort of arguing whether this really sounded like a real synthesizer and we still do argue that today but I can't see why Waves would be the company that now would actually sort of make a huge another step in that direction even if that's on 
still necessary, which I'm starting to doubt. I mean, in Posca 2 is, is one of the best uh, reasons, or it's, a, it's something where you can really sort of see, it's with the technology that's already there, we can create convincing sounding synthesizers. And yeah. It's 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 tr- it's tricky to, it's tricky to understand, isn't it? But I mean, like I say, maybe it's a precursor to something else. I know, Gaz. Are you? Um, Does this get you excited? I mean, you know, Waves do do some fantastic plugins, so there must be, you know, there's some cachet there to a degree. But because it's such a new thing, it does it's going to have to have any well, not just up from Waves, but any synthesizer has to have something about it that makes you go, yeah, I, I kind of think I do need that, right? Hmm. Yeah. Good point. But I mean. Yeah, what is the USP? I mean, it really is uh, the name Waves, isn't it? I think that's it, yeah. That's it. Many people, I mean, uh, are mentioning that it looks very similar to Thor from Reason, and it does. uh, Oh, that's true. Yes, it does a bit, doesn't it? Mm. And, you know, I mean, it looks pretty decent. Sounds pretty decent. I thought the demo song that he made was not that decent, but kind of demonstrated the synth reasonably well but you know it didn't it wasn't particularly exciting I, I, yeah the whole thing's very dour isn't it? You know? yeah the whole way the video is made is very very boring yes um, the the video producers amongst us is uh i was cringing actually i mean it's not the first for the first time in uh, stuff that we'll be showing today but you know that's just that's just the way it goes. I mean, it's not always easy. I mean, obviously, uh, I'm not sh- exactly sure what uh, Yod's, uh, I hope I'm pronouncing his name right, uh, involvement is, whether he's sort of behind it or he's just endorsing it. I mean, he's, you know, he's a kind of major pop pop producer, but yes. it's not a very interesting or compa- And also, the, like I said, the audio quality, that's the, that's the high quality version I downloaded to check out. And it, it, it's, you know, I, I don't know what they've done to his voice. He sounds like he's talking through a sock. Uh, one thing that is good about it is that you don't need to have an eye lock. You can do that. Um, right. It's native, isn't it, as well? So um, I'm guessing yeah. that's good. I bet we don't know what the CPU... I guess one thing that they might be really good at is CPU optimization and all of that stuff. That's the that's the tricky part of anything, you know, because you can make a synth or a piece of software that on paper or at, at early stages looks fantastic. Then you've actually got to make it work on anything other than the most powerful unit without using all the CPU. Right, Dave? Yeah, but it's weird. In the demos that I heard, it didn't have that unoptimized, superior sound. Right. Oh, I see. Yeah. It just didn't. And it's interesting because in another subject today, we're going to talk about you know the the effects pedals and stuff like that. And for me, it, there's a, there's a very there's a lack of mid on a lot of synths that's very evident. They seem to be kind of you know high or low or you know it's a combination of the two, but it's that kind of mid range that's that's really to me seem to be lacking a little bit. Mm. I mean, I guess that's the trick of getting the uh, modelling just right, isn't it? And you know, it's, like I say, it's early days. But if you're interested, uh, you can get over to Waves and uh, look at page content asp slash. No, it's uh, it'll be all linked from the the main page. There's a couple of demos there and the various selling points, and you can buy it for. 99 bucks, um, which is uh, cheap at the moment, and I think it's going to be a couple of hundred when it finally gets going. I'm not entirely sure about that, though, so uh, I don't know when that ends, but, yeah, worth checking out if you want to. And I don't know what the demo terms are, but, you know, people are getting demos, so it's got to be... Um Got to be available. I don't know, Mark, what do you think? Are you going to gonna be going to check out the demo, or you could you care less? Oh, I went to the Waves uh, website because you sent me this email, and... Uh, and I, by the time I signed in and hoiked around my user account for um, thirty minutes trying to work out how to use it, I completely forgot why I'd gone. <laughs> <laughs> but you, but your email reminded me that on Black Friday, Waves gave away this plugin, and I thought that was a really good thing. And I was kind of thinking, oh, and I didn't actually load that on yet, so I should try and load that on. And I can't make head nor tail of the way they're. Um, store works it just doesn't make any sense to me at all i think i think it it's going to force me to upgrade to version 9 before i can use that plugin is that right or version 9 of what i don't really know i don't know (laughs) i don't know i don't know what's any different to the other thing it just says download version 9 and install it on this computer but i have to upgrade to version 9 before i could but so the plugin they've given me free is a version 9 plugin 
Ah, okay. But so I it must have... be a, the wrapper or something. The, or... So everything else I've got is version 8 or version 3. Ah, I see. Ah, yeah. So, yeah, I understand. And then I thought, well, where is the synth? And I can't find the download for the demo. So I've kind of given up, I'm afraid. But um, I think Hans said everything I needed to say as well. I don't need another software synth. I can't, you know. But if you do, then go and get it and try it out. Because it might just do, I mean, there may be something in it. It's like Massive, you know. Native Instruments Massive has, you know, a very specific sound that only it does that maybe this will have one of those and someone will discover it and then everyone will want one. And I'm sure the thing is, is lots of people will end up with it because it'll be bundled in all those kind of, you know, Mm. all the plugins you can get from Waves kind of packages that everybody seems to be, you know, the big producers have and what have you, you know. But, yeah, not not a particularly... um, not as exciting as I'd hoped for, but good luck to them, is what I can say. Uh, right, let's move on. Can I on. just ask you one thing, though? Do you think that Massive has its own distinctive sound or just makes it very easy for people to make sounds that have that distinctive sound? Uh, I think in possibly, words, uh, possibly a bit of both. It's geared it's... towards the making sounds in that particular style or genre. Yeah, maybe. The dubstep baby, isn't it? The dubstep baby, yeah. I can't answer that because I don't own Massive, um, so I haven't tried okay. it. So I'm just saying, you, uh, I'm, I, I have no uh, uh, um, first-hand knowledge of it, but I mean, it, uh, you know, it is the synth that a lot of people reach for, for that kind of, you know, the web or the sync bass kind of sound. Uh, right. Oh, don't matter. I was just going to say, I think, though, if you do go through the presets of Massive, you do notice something that does sound like Massive. Oh, Okay. So. Yeah, I think there is something going on. But it is quite complex, Massive. You can go, you know, it's... Sub- much more complex synth than this element one so all right then so you can download a demo of either of those i'm no doubt (laughs) so make your choice right um now this was the the next one and this is kind of a bit more of a broader subject because i know hans has kind of got a lot to offer to this hopefully so um let me just press play and see what happens touch adds a whole new dimension to skylight including new touch gestures in the track view we're so used to mobile devices with touchscreens like phones, scripted, and I think so, that have familiar gestures like pinch to zoom, swipe to scroll. Sonar's pinch to zoom works both horizontally and vertically. This lets you zoom in to a particular track or a certain part of the project very quickly. And we added familiar swiping gestures to scroll the project left and right and also scroll through tracks. Touch also works great with the rest of Skylight. Windows can be docked on either side of the screen and can be dropped into the multi-dock as well. Even the control bar can be docked at the top or bottom of the workspace. Like rearranging tiles or widgets on your favorite smartphone or tablet, touch adds that hands-on dimension to Skylight. Oh, what a beautifully wrapped up and complete uh, video trailer for a feature. That was, um, but what's interesting about this is Cakewalk Sonar X2 with touch kind of uh, capability. And um, we're starting to see this. And uh, I'm be- I mean, that big screen with the kind of pinch and zoom, I can, I'm sort of thinking, actually, yeah, that really does make a lot of sense for those very fast manipulation of large, uh, you know, moving around the workspace rather than for the macro stuff to be able to do these things. And it sounds quite, I mean, it's quite, it's nice that they've they've made uh, the effort to introduce this, uh, presumably as part of Windows 8. The problem is, is obviously um, the video looks lovely, but it's a bunch of developers talking about it, and I just and they're all reading off a auto cue or something. It's auto cue, yeah. It just it just well, seems it's a shame that you know they couldn't get them to be natural. But uh, I'm just criticising the production values, which is really probably neither here which nor we, there. Which we shouldn't do, right? <laughs> no, of course not. <laughs> and I, I mean you know the the touch thing is quite a big deal now i mean you know you've reviewed uh was it the acer touchscreen haven't you the uh acer tr well, maybe we'll come back to that in a sec and uh, again oh, that's a sort of double tease but the thing that i find interesting about this whole touch idea is that the idea of it is fantastic and it's really compelling but then i was thinking well h- hold on a minute how actually will i be able to use that realistically because if you think i've got either got the laptop up in front of me which i'm going to poke and it'll move a bit and it's going to be a bit uncomfortable for me to be mm. accurate or i'm going to have it down flat like this which is going to be great but then i'm going to be looking down the whole time and i've spent you know a lot of money on having my neck fixed because i've had my laptop at a too low and i mean looking down at it and in front of me is going to be even lower so yeah two or three years of using this is going to result in loads of surgery for people i reckon well, but but i would say if, if you look at um, my review i have it placed in front of my desk uh, on top of my desk and i'm standing 
And it has a great benefit. Also man erst I'm just looking at it now. Hold on, let me come to that. Aber eben. You, Und das ist ja das absolut geniale. Ah, so it's flach not playing in the speed I would hope it to. There we go. All right, so you can tip it over. Hmm. That's something that didn't work out in the, in the way that I'd hoped for. For some reason, the video is not updating on my uh, screen capture. But, but so... But I can explain it to you because you, you can bend it down right in front of me. And what is really nice, if you're standing up, I like standing up while making music, by the way, instead of sitting like yeah. a clerk. And then it doesn't inst uh, obstruct my sound view from the speakers. You know, instead of having the, if you have the big screen in front of you, uh, and then okay. the speakers, and that, that's really, I found it extremely pleasant uh, to work with that way. You have it in front, and also being able to get my eyes off the screen because I'm not facing forward looking at the screen, you know, because it's down. And then I can sort of more concentrate on the music because I'm not staring constantly in the screen just when I need to. I just... Ah, okay. Did you find that you combined it with a mouse and keyboard for sort of those more macro things or could you do everything you needed with the interface? Because you were using, what, Cubase and what did you... And Sona, uh, Studio, Studio One. One. Right. 2.5 and Cubase 7 and we tried the mixer which uh, in, in Cubase is already a little bit optimized but the general problem is they are not already not like the sonar one they're not they touch set, right they're not really touch enabled so what happens is a lot of stuff really works well already but uh, sometimes you have problems double tapping you know double tapping right. and opening little windows and the little spot so but you can already feel doing that because I'm a big advocate of the, the touch interface for music because I think it, that these two or three layers that are removed from the human interface, you know, trying to, for example, work, work a filter on screen. First, you need to find the mouse. Then you need to find the mouse pointer. The mouse pointer has to be directed to the, the, the pot, pot on screen. Then you turn it. But here, it's so much director. You just, you know... Grab forward. There is your your filter, and right. you just tweak it, and that just feels so much more natural as a musician to me. That's why I'm really a big fan of the iPad. But I don't care if it's on the iPad. If if any of the big developing companies like Steinberg's or Cakewalk or Digidesign, whoever comes up with a really good working Windows 8 touch solution, I will join in. <laughs> that's worth knowing I and mean, that's very interesting and Gaz I mean you're you know you're co-host on Sonic Touch so in fact we're going to get um, the uh, cake Sonar X2 is coming next week hopefully with along with an HP Envy so we'll see how this works as a, a, a Sonic Touch special and we were talking briefly about this um, yesterday on the phone uh, what are your thoughts I mean I think it's brilliant that uh, Cakewalk have been sort of amongst the first to implement this touch interface and that may give them a, a bit of an edge but what do you think generally about the whole idea of it well i mean i think in a couple of years time every single thing will be touched you know we'll be kind of like reminiscing when we didn't have that you know um so i think it's going to the take-up will be very rapid i'm fairly sure uh, i think the whole issue about comfort i i'm actually incredibly inspired by the concept of standing up and working because you know you when I'm in a studio with a mixing desk and, say, on tape, I'm standing up a lot. And then yet, with a computer, very much sitting down. So that's actually very, very interesting. So, mm -hmm. try, it, try it. <laughs> it works well. <laughs> it's hard to stand up normally, isn't it? I mean, how else? We'd have to have very high surfaces to work on. But, um, but yes, I mean, the touch, the whole kind of touch thing is very interesting. I think that the iPad is obviously kind of led the way in recent years in that way and um and when we've been like looking at a lot of the software sort of a lot of this kind of gestural stuff makes a lot of sense it's really nice and to combine that then with the power of a computer and a door like uh sonar you know it's amazing yeah um obviously responsiveness speed um hans when you were using it with um when you were using it with uh cubase how how you know, in terms of like adjusting a fader, what was the latency like? Um, the latency is still not um, 
uh, short enough to do any kind of real-time playing on a virtual drum pad or anything. It takes it about 25 to uh, 40 milliseconds to react. So it's nothing like the iPad. You know, right. you, can't, you can't play the pads like you would on an iPad. But I was told that's down to the monitor. So if I would, uh, I'm, I'm ordering an, uh, an Acer Aconia or whatever it is. It's, uh, it's a, tab, a real tablet. And that will most likely have a much faster response, much more close to the iPad, I hope. But right now, it's, it, it takes a while. You know, it's not there. You know, it's, but you can sense, you know, with where it's going to go and how great it's going to be once it's going to be like that. Right now, it's not, not workable yet. And how much is the monitor that you are ordering then? What is, what's, the, uh, what's the cost of this kind of stuff? The monitor was 500 euro. Okay. And, and, the, and, the, and the, the big i5 Windows 8 tablet, I think it's, a, it's an 11-inch. It's about 800. And what's, what's the connection? How does it communicate? Is it over DVR or does it come out USB? Or what's this, what's, how does that actually talk to the CPU? Uh, it, it, the, the monitor talks to Windows through an extra USB connection. Right, okay. So it's like, it's like a vacuum. It's a, like yeah, a tablet. Right. Like, like, so it's in the extra connection. So there's a monitor connection plus an extra USB, strange... Right. Yeah, yeah. Because um, there's an iPad app that we reviewed in I think the most recent uh, Sonic Touch called Borderlands, which is like a kind of granular... It's a really interesting thing, but one of the things that I particularly liked about that is the way that you can kind of pinch and zoom on waveforms. It's, uh, it's probably the fastest, slickest. Uh, uh, yeah, it's, it is really impressive, but you can also tilt and spin, which you probably wouldn't need in, a, in, in, the, in this particular environment. No, but yeah, it's that, but it's that response. I, I love the idea when... when when you are kind of touching waveforms and zooming them, and they are beautifully fast, and and uh, that's got to be down to the, the the graphics library and the speed of your CPU, I'm guessing, really. Yeah, sure. Um, but uh, there's still an issue with this sort of Windows stuff because there is a. The, the, it's not like the iPad. Let's face it, not yet. It's got 10 point touch, okay, but because there's a reaction time, the way they scan all these 10 points, and it's just uh, still is not uh, on on pair with with the iPad or anything. Ah. But I think it's down to the monitor, not down to Windows 8 or the software. Oh, maybe so. I know, Mark. What do you think? I mean, the the thing about this is, it, I'm thinking, yeah, it all sounds great, but I mean, our, isn't that going to mean? our entire workspace is going to have to be completely redesigned. We're going to have to have a breakfast bar sort of style works, workspace rather than a, a sit-down studio desk kind of thing. What do, what do you think? Are you you ready for that, Mark? Um, uh, I'm going to go off on a tangent. Good. You That's why you're here. <laughs> <laughs> about, uh, in about 1986 or 1987, I used to stand up. To, in my workspace, so I had everything elevated so that I could just kind of stand at a keyboard and had my Atari SD and everything else all around me. And my uh, girlfriend at the time, who was a nurse, got very, very concerned and told me I was going to get varicose veins and blood clots and insisted <laughs> that I wear these weird white surgical stocking <laughs> things on, the, on, the, on my calves. What sort of relationship did you have, exactly? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So, I mean, I don't know if standing, if you're standing up and standing still, apparently that's not so good for you. Well, according to her, actually, it may not be true. It may be that it's uh, actually fine. Well, well, but, nothing's um, good for you, frankly, is it, really? I no. Was, I'm uh, so still I, I, when I make music anyway, so that should be no issue. Oh, you'll be all right then. I'll See, I never danced. I never danced <laughs> to anything. I just stand there and, like, maybe nod an eyebrow if it's really good, you know. <laughs> And people go, do you like this? Or you're not looking like, you're not giving anything away there. I'm just like, I'm processing it in here. Um, but in terms of touchscreen, I think the immediate advantage has to be the fact that you can do 10 things at once. If it's 10-point touch, if I can grab 10 different things on my screen and, and actually do 10 different things, then that sort of makes sense. Um, but 40 milliseconds, I could sort of tell by the video, I was when I was watching them, like, uh, opening the waveforms up and everything, as they opened the waveforms up, I could sort of see that there was a, a, a huge delay there. It looked like they'd uh, practiced that a lot. Right, and they was chasing. Yeah. Right. 
Yeah. I, I think the interesting thing would be, I mean, obviously, 10-point touch is fantastic, but we're used to having some sort of tactile feedback. So there's, we're going to, you know, like those kind of uh, things that you put over um, uh, keyboards in, in bars and things to stop, you know. Mm. So you get this kind of like floppy, rubberized layout. So you can kind of go, bloop, and it gives you a load of buttons that will work on a part of the screen. You know, I could imagine see that. So you'd actually feel, because just looking visually at a point on the screen, say you've got three fingers, you've got no idea whether you're really inside or outside the target area at any particular time. And if you're kind of lost in music trying to kind of, you could have, you know, your finger could be completely somewhere else. So I think that, I don't, I don't know whether I, I'm, I might be um, um, over-egging that a little bit. No, no Nick, you got the, the, that's the biggest drawback actually using touch is that if you have a fader in front of you or a keyboard or knobs obviously you don't have to look down where are they but with touch that's the biggest drawback for me is that i always need to locate the element i can't just you know fiddle away do this you know staring wow. up or doing yeah. things and, and, and that's really is something that's lost so you for that kind I of stuff so i could see there'd be a textured uh, textured monitor overlays <laughs> i can see there'd be a market for them that's an interesting yeah, idea. coming from that I'm not coming from that space. I'm not coming from a space of having any knobs left to grab hold of. I've just got, I've literally got everything in a Mac Mini and a, key, a you know, computer keyboard in front of that and a mouse and, and then a MIDI keyboard to sort of play things in or a MIDI guitar if I want to play things in. Hmm. So I, I, I'm coming from like I want to move away from having an ASCII keyboard and a mouse and back towards having, being able to do more things at once rather right. than just grab one knob with yeah the i think that I, th- I think that's got a, a, a that's a very valid point dave spears sorry. sorry dave can i just come to you a sec do you have you have you experienced any of this touch stuff i mean presumably as a developer you know people have been showing you this kind of check this windows rt and all that kind of stuff and obviously you know you, there are ramifications from a coding point of view but from a user point of view are you uh, does it excite you it's really hilarious i uh, What's funny is that as you guys were talking about that, I had one ear open, but I got an email uh, pointing me to an eBay auction for a SSL matrix desk, <laughs> which is obviously a completely benobbed desk. And I was yeah. <laughs> looking at that going, oh, yeah, whilst listening to, you know, Hans and um, Gaz and Mark talk about this idea of standing, which I think is actually reasonably important. I mean, I am... I do stupid hours at the computer, and I've definitely, you know, done some long-term damage to my shoulder, uh, which, you know, like last year or year before or whatever it was, I tore a load of muscles in there. But that was really caused by sitting at a computer for an inordinate length of time. At the minute, I'm working, I'm doing a lot of work from home on the laptop, and the transition between mouse and trackpad I find really intensely annoying. So I do like this idea of standing, and I like this idea, like Gaz was saying, this idea of being able to kind of zoom in. But the truth is, the latency for me is everything. And I love, that's why I've got a room full of this old tat, is that the idea of just being able to kind of grab a knob, turn it, and get that physical tactile feedback is really important, I think, for the creative process. And I know that there's a company in Cambridge who are making, um, like, stick-on knobs. Oh, yes. Well, didn't we talk about this? I think we po- did a while So ago. the idea you stick something on and yeah, then it just did. has some sort of, and you turn it and you can put it over an element on the screen and it will just control it. Yeah. I, I think, in some ways, that's that, that's not a bad idea, but it maybe it's... A, I was talking about this idea of having points on a screen so you can just have a knob, so you you create, effectively, sorry, I'll make myself uh, larger, you create a macro, so you go, right, this one, this one, and this one, here's my knob. That's the value I want. Yeah, and it just, yeah, it's, yeah. So it's real-time dynamic allocation of, uh, of controllers, and you can maybe have four or five of these knobs, or a button and a knob, so you can use, you can use one hand to to actually physically control the other hand to kind of decide what you want them to be controlling. I mean, I know it's another layer of complexity, but it might be actually quite instinctive, maybe. I, know. I did an experiment here with my uh, MS-20 and the SQ-10, and I had side-by-side my iPad with the IMS-20. And all I wanted to find out is, will it be more fun on the real hardware than versus the iPad? And because I played around with the, with the Cork Analog Suite or whatever it was called years ago, and it didn't really convince me, the MS-20 emulation in there. But I've, at the end of 
a couple of hours playing around with both systems, I figured it had, I had as much fun with the iPad as with the hardware because although I agreed to, Dave, yes, a knob, a tactile thing, that's what we want, the touch gets you a lot closer than using a mouse and a keyboard, right. let's face it. It's interesting. I, I like the idea of both, I think. Um, so, you know, that'd be... Uh, just in, quickly. I just got this in from Moog. Next from Moog, this is. Announced at NAMM. It's going to be some kind of little synth, by the looks of things, which has got a kind of back, uh, a back panel that's going up in the sort of mini Moog, jaunty mini Moog ang- angle. So uh, we'll uh, hopefully get to, to see that. In fact, we I'll have... green. I'll- are Green. we doing NAM rumors today? No, we're not. It, this just literally came in while I was uh, no NAM rumors. I think we're going to do next week because that's the last okay. show before NAM. But okay. uh, but yeah, I, but I just want to say that we are actually going to be. I better do an ad actually. I've suddenly realised that we haven't do that. So I'll do the ad and then we'll come back um, to perhaps another uh, uh, something else. So talk amongst yourselves. Ah, here we go. This is, we want to say thank you very much to Yamaha for their sponsorship of the show. Uh, Those of you who are regular watchers will know that uh, Yamaha have got a whole host of uh, apps uh, available uh, on the iPad store, uh, the iTunes store. Over 20, uh, last count, um, and, you know, a whole bunch of things for controlling for MIDI. They're also sound generation applications. got Perform and Play, which has now got a a synthesizer engine built in, so you can actually use it for generating sound and sequences and what have you. MIDI control, Faders and XY pad for mapping to various different MIDI items. And you've also got uh, voice edit and performance edit, which actually allow you to edit specific Yamaha synthesizers to give you a bit more kind of screen real estate to play with. Uh, they work with the Motif XF, Mox, Nest 90X, S70S XS, Motif XS, and Rack XS. Again, multi edit, similar thing, get the uh, effects and the EQs and various different points. Performance edit, so you can load programs and browse patches more easily and more quickly than is via just the straight screen. Uh, we've also got um, Setlist Organizer, which was when we looked at one of our early Sonic Touches, which allows you to send out MIDI changes to five devices and banks and add notes and photos and all sorts of things. Very useful for sort of putting notes together for a set, perhaps if you're learning it for the first time. Record and share, cloud audio recorder, and many more. In fact, if you want to check out the Yamaha's World of Apps, go to the App Store, uh, Apple's App Store, uh, or UKYamaha.com. Once again, we thank uh, Yamaha for their continued sponsorship of the show. Right, um, so next up, um, let me go back to my notes. Um, well, actually, before we do, I just wanted to sort of, what was your conclusion about the the, the, the screen? Then? So it was about 500 euros, and yep. uh, would you, I mean, you obviously were, were it was a bit of a hit, because you're going to buy what, another one, not that one necessarily, but one that's a bit faster, right? Well, we, we, we bought it because we really were keen to test it out. Yeah, potentially to keep it, but I returned it because of the latency. It's not there yet, you know, right. and especially on, not, not on that kind of hardware. But it's it's, it's just basically. I have a lot of uh, um, discussions on my side, you know, whether I'm an Apple fanboy because I'm yeah. always talking about the iPad and the touch interface and blah blah blah. But most of the criticism usually comes from people who have no iPad and have no touch device ever touched before. So that's, uh, that's the thing. But um, my conclusion on this one is you probably have to wait a little longer. Maybe the Windows 8 tablets have a faster response time, uh, but I think uh, still that... We're, still, we're not there yet. Yeah. We're not there yet. No, okay. not, nowhere near uh, the quality of... Uh, the touch on an iPad, for example. Okay, well, that's a good conclusion. I think that's probably uh, extremely fair, but it's going to be moving a pace because obviously there's a lot of very big companies putting their kind of R&D dollars into this. So I think we're going to get it. It's going to come on stream fairly soon. Right, this next topic, um, I'll just play a little bit because it's got a little bit of uh, a vid that, um, one of our videos, in fact. Uh, This is Rich Beach from uh, our Amped Guitar channel. Um, We were looking at the Wampler Triple Rec pedal. Ooh. I have crashed. We'll just take my word for it that it sounds fantastic. Um, and it's a, it's an overdrive pedal. Obviously, in the world of uh, guitars, um, there's all sorts of flavours and what have you of drive. 
And really, it just sort of, sort of got me thinking a little bit, you know, what is it, you know, since sound good driven as well, but what is it that one tends to use for such for such drive? I mean, there are a lot of different ways you can do it. And I see Hans has reached for something that looks like it might be some sort of electro harmonics type of thing. So, Hans, what do you reach for? You're the sort of dirty techno king from... Uh, <laughs> so what is it you reach for when you want to drive something and kind of get that crunch and distortion? I mean, does it work for synthesizers? Uh, it does. I used to just uh, overload the input on my mixing desk. I've got a de- I've got an example of that actually because I did. Uh, <laughs> before we go, before we start there, let me just see if I can find it because I've got a, a I've got a yeah. This is something. This is a monopoly, which is just going. Oh, this is a riff that you'll have heard. I use it in loads of uh, uh, demos, but this. Is just going in, driven into the O2, the Yamaha O2R mic amps, just too hard. <laughs> and it, I think it sounds bloody great myself, but yeah. So anyway, back to you. What was that you were brandishing just there? Badstone shifter. Ooh, is that electroharmonics? Yes. I've never a, ever seen that. No reissue. It's a real thing. I've never heard of it. Wow. Does it smell of that sort of waxy yeah. resistors? It's got still the 70s dirty. <laughs> mm. That old pedal smell. <laughs> I did a, a show for Music Talk once where I ordered from Toman a couple of reissue MXR and um, Electroharmonics pedals and uh, did a side-by-side. I even unscrewed them. Take a look inside, try to recreate the sound. It was great because inside it's obviously a totally different Beast. There's not one part in a reissue Big Muff that's the same on a on the old one. Obviously not. Ah, okay. And, and sound-wise, they did sound similar, but I just got ch- on by the chat room. Um, Isotope trash is the shizzle on synths, according to uh, Matt, um, uh, Matt M in the chat room. And indeed, Isotope has got some pretty good. I'm digging, uh, I'm digging trash too at the moment. Got to be honest. Is that what you'd reach for if you want to drive some synth stuff? Uh, now, yeah. Uh, it's. I mean, it's a. Uh, it's a. Uh, I mean, like all Isotope stuff. Really, it's quite a complex. Uh, it's quite a complex thing. So I tend, I'm only just dipping my toes into it, but it sounds good. It really does. But uh, my... A digital? Digital. Yeah. And I'm using a digital pedal here as well. What Uh, is that? Is that in focus? If you hold it roughly where your head is, then we'll see it up. So it have to cover your face. Down a bit. What is that? I've never seen that before. Yeah, this... This is an audio multi-wave-based distortion. I mentioned it on the show a couple of weeks ago. but Oh, uh, yes. Multi-phase distortion. Um, well, and it's quite cool. It's, it's digital. I'm losing you, Gaz. Your, it's, your video seems to be... Oh, what, can you say what it is again? Because I think we just missed that um, particular nugget of information. A Soundblocks Pro by Source Audio multi-wave bass distortion. Right, multi-wave bass distortion, just in case. It sounds like you've got it patched across your voice at the moment, unfortunately, because <laughs> I think your bandwidth must be throttling. Yeah. But, um, but, yeah, I haven't tried it with any synths yet, but I think it's uh, it's quite an interesting one because the thing about multi-band distortion is you... Uh, it avoids intermodulation. So, like, if you play if you play chords, normally, you know, if all those notes are distorted, then you get all this kind of beating of, you know, uh, um, you get that weird third major minor sort of oscillation going on that sounds a bit nasty. But uh, multi-wave distortion sort of gets around that by, um, yeah, it kind of just distorts. This is this has got like ten bands that distort and recombines it, and then it. It's quite interesting because you can play quite complex chords into it, really, really filthily distorted. So, um, oh, well, that's, that, that sounds like it could be something quite useful in, te- in terms of synth distortion. For, of distorted yes. pads, there's a thought, eh, Dave? <laughs> yeah. What do you use when you, uh, when you want that to happen on your uh, electronic instruments? It's funny. Trash has always been a little bit of one of my little secret weapons. Uh, oh. In terms of what real old... I've got a couple of old electro-harmonics pedals, but a mate brought round some 
Love Tone pedals, which were made just down the road here, and they had a thing called Brown Sauce, I remember, <laughs> which I just really loved because, again, it had that kind of throaty, very mid-range, throaty, gnarly... I've got to say, Rich's guitar playing on that... I mean, because I was like, oh, a guitar. How interesting. And But he made that demo for me. He was His playing was awesome, and he could just characterise all of those styles. Yeah, no, and that is an awesome sounding effect pedal. And the thing about that, I, 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 unfortunately, I can't play that video, but the uh, it, it sounds absolutely fantastic. And um, it's just going through. It was a cl- totally clean, really quiet setting. Vox Bruno amp, and this uh, triple rec ramp wampler is like a, uh, a, a, a rectified distortion. It's like an amp in a box. It's got EQ, and it just sounded bloody great. And it was like, wow, that really, really good, actually. Yeah, Although, did, did get a lot of flack for not using a Les Paul, not using using a kind of Marshall JC, but what's the point? I mean, the point is you're trying to see what the pedal sounds like, you know, rather than what you'd already used to get that sound anyway. So anyway, I'm, I'm standing up for him there, but no, I, I'll pass that on. I think he will appreciate that. So definitely. Um, Mark, I know you're a guitarist. Um, what do you do when you want to drive synthesizers and what have you? Um, I use a uh, line six. <laughs> okay, no, that's for synths. I did have lots of, yeah, for synths and for guitars. I did have lots of uh, distortion things, and really the uh, the difference between the pedals that I'd got and the trouble it took to pull them out and plug them in. I had this Marshall thing with loads of tone controls on it. I've forgotten what it was called now. The Governor, I think. The Mark One before they started making them in China. And there's another thing, you see. Marshall have made this pedal for years and years and years, but the early ones, which say made in England on the bottom of them and have an early serial number, sound totally different to the later ones. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, I just find all of that software stuff, does it close enough that it sort of works well enough for what I want to do with it? So I've, I've sort of I've been selling off my guitar pedals and getting rid of all that sort of stuff and just simplifying everything and doing it all in the computer. Hmm. I do have a criticism. Okay. And that is, or maybe I've misunderstood this, but if a pedal is an amp in a box, why do you have to plug it into an amp? Well, it's just the preamp part. It doesn't have the uh, the power amp and that sort of okay. thing. So it's, ju- it's just the sort of front end part of it. That's the kind of idea, I think. And that, there's quite a lot of these sort of coming along now, really. It just, it's just the, other, the idea of the, giving you that flavour of the sound. The other thing I noticed uh, is that I could hear all the plectrum noise and all the on the strings in that. Um, um, now I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing because I don't know if I could hear plectrum noise because I was picking it up from his uh, voice mic. I usually no, I usually I usually mute his. It. Well, it's a ribbon mic that we use in the room, and okay, so, so the so amp I'm, wasn't incredibly loud, so it may well have been I'm picking guessing, it up yeah. out of the back of it. That's a possibility. Now, if that amp wasn't incredibly loud and it sounded like that then that means there's something really impressive going on in that box because that all of those tones, the 70s kind of tones that he was going through, were so like Mick Ronson-style tones and they're so, they sounded... so. I, mean, I just wanted to sort of be in a band again, if you know what I mean. It had that kind of Slade T-Rexy kind of feel <laughs> when he went through all the, you know, the less harsh tones. Yeah. That's where I really enjoyed that because yeah, totally. I think the less harsh tones are actually much harder to emulate than the really hard distorted stuff yeah, yeah. the crunch is the so, problem usually so to the get crunch the crunch sound. right is pretty impressive i think yeah and i think that uh that yeah it did uh, manage that but also it was just hilarious when he kind of pressed the the uh, as an extra boost and it just sort of goes it just does that f- it yeah, yeah. turns into a fuzz pedal it's just hilarious <laughs> it makes you kind of like chuckle you know yeah, but even more I give him top marks for using a Gretsch as well, because I love Gretches. I think they're brilliant. Oh, good. Well, I'll pass that on to him. He may indeed, you know, you never know, he might watch this one day. Uh, and I'll tell him he should, because he's, uh, <laughs> and he can, he can polish his fingernails while he watches and feel, feel uh, like he's done a good job, which he has. Uh, th- we got a, a couple of funnies to do as well, because um, there was something that came through, which has actually proved incredibly difficult to track down on, on uh, YouTube. I posted a, a, a story about this on um, Sunday night and the video got taken down. Then I posted, then I found it again and put the, and that got taken down. And now I finally found it again. Hopefully this will play. So this is, this is the one that's the sort of the funny, the funny kind of end it on a high note. One, two, three, check. Check. 
just great isn't it i'm going to stop there because i'm going to play all that is uh, superstar youtube superstar that's david finlayson who is uh, i've got his youtube his uh, website up here actually because uh, i know that he didn't get a lot of credit for that uh so if i go here there, uh no that's not it there it is david finlayson who is a, a um trombonist of some note and he stuck a gopro camera on the end of his trombone and played and um there's something about it being in sync with the music that kind of really worked. So I started to look out for a couple of other things that maybe uh, had this uh, print property. And there was this one, which I thought was both hilarious and also one of the stupidest things you could possibly do with a camera, which I just really enjoy. But... Oh, I won't play. Well, that's 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 by a band called the Narcoleptic Pilots. I'm guessing um, at the time of posting were uh, sort of young teenagers. But I just, I know, I'll stick a camera on the end of my drumstick. And when I started looking for it, I found all sorts of experiments of people trying to put cameras on their drumsticks and failing miserably and breaking them and what have you. But it made me wonder whether or not there are any other places that musically cameras, because there was that whole thing of of having cameras on the end of a headstock facing so you would have that really strange effect anybody got any ideas i think i i can see that anything with brass section in it i, I think somebody's going to have to make a pop video with a trombone solo in it just so they can have that part in the video because i think that'll go viral as this has already done um, i mean you're the um hans you're the you're the uh video production guy now have you yeah. put any have you put any cameras in uh, amusing places for the recent productions or no 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 but I'm I'm getting inspired here. Okay, so I have to say yes, yes, yes. Ah, <laughs> uh, Rob GS in the chat room says uh, violin bow. That's a good idea. I like the idea of that. Um, a gong. Not sure how that would work. It would vibrate <laughs> heavily, I suppose. Um, um, but yeah, lots. I uh, know. And what about you, um, Dave? Because I know that you have a uh, a sort of historical. Um, Oh, your video is going a bit funny, but I'm sure we can hang in there just for this last bit. Oh, yeah. Any other ideas? You sent me another video of a bloke um, demonstrating a, um, a, a, a what was it? A static discharge gun. That was quite oh, funny, which man, I haven't I got. That. I can't for some reason. I didn't put it in the, in the. I haven't got any spare video slots, which is a bit of a shame. So, unfortunately, I haven't had the opportunity to do that. But uh, the possibilities are endless, right? Uh, yeah. Although I couldn't, I just like the combination of the trombone sound. And that guy's face. Chris said when I sent it to him, he said, looked like a demented rodent. <laughs> it's the way, what it is, is also the way that it kind of, the, the, the wide angleness changes. Yeah, so I his eyes it. kind of like poke out and come back in again, and the shape of one of them changes a bit. <laughs> it's just very comedic, isn't it? Uh, but you can imagine, you want a few more sort of. <laughs> of those in there, possibly. Fantastic. Be awesome. Um, Gaz. You've done some videos. Where's the funniest place you put a camera? Oh, <laughs> hold on, that we can broadcast. Oh gosh, no, I can't think of anything particularly. But something that well, uh, I've been using my iPhone a lot as a camera, and um, I've got a little thing that helps it mount onto a mic stand. But I got this recently, which is um, it's an iPhone, and it's a case, and it's magnetic, so you can actually. What could possibly go wrong? <laughs> Uh, that's a good idea though you can stick it to things so, so like when you're filming on it like uh, you can stick it to the fridge or you can stick it oops I can't seem to hold that into the screen oh there we, there we go that's just a kind of service on oh yeah no I see that's cool um, we've uh, got a couple of there's a couple in the chat room actually there's uh, hold on if I can press the right button um how about hanging a card from Jordan, uh, camera from Jordan Rudess's beard? Nice idea. <laughs> I'm liking the sound of that. Uh, apparently, Mark King, Rob the failed muso, um, had one strapped to his base so you could see the speed of his thumb. Turntable. Yes, I've seen one on turntable. Conductor stick. Uh, yes, there's a few good ideas there, definitely. Um, and, I, you know, the, the challenge is also, I mean, you know, when we do our stuff, we've had all these ideas for kind of, because we kind of, you want to create all of these interesting camera angles without actually having to have an operator. So we're thinking about doing stuff like mounting them on bicycle wheels so you could have, with a, with a pivot, so that you could have it swing right round the subject that you're filming and have a, ha, at the same time having a, a, 
I'm trying to figure out how to do that. So at the same time, it's got a little pulley, so it follows the centre. It always points in at the centre of it. Things like that. I mean, all of those things. There's lots of tricks you can do with mechanics, aren't there, for, for, for that sort of thing. Mark, we'll have to get you down here and set you up with a workshop so you can make us a load of really nifty camera oh, mounts yeah. one day. I think there must be some cameras small enough that could go on your fingertips, surely, so you could just have... I think if, I've seen them on gloves. The guitar. Yeah. On gloves, oh, well, so yeah, the pencil cam, lipstick cams can go on the top, can they? He looked like. Have you? Can you remember those stickers, the dogs stickers that they had about ten years ago, maybe fifteen years ago? All different pictures of dogs with, which had been taken through uh, wide-angle len- lenses. Oh, well, the nose is kind of sticking right. Yeah, yeah well, the nose is all big and everything. He kind of kept doing that, didn't he? <laughs> <laughs> yes. It was lovely. I thought you looked like a dog with a big nose <laughs> playing the trombone. <laughs> yeah. Great, though. I mean, there's a brilliant bit of viral stuff. I mean, some of the channels that I was watching it on, it, you know, it's got like tens of thousands of, vid- of video views. <laughs> so really good stuff. Sometimes that makes me feel really bad, Nick. What do you mean? Well, when you have these cats opening doors with more views than we have with our casts, you know? <laughs> well, yeah, there is that. Uh, I, well, uh, without, without fail, it makes me feel bad. But um, yeah. we've always got the opportunity, maybe on the, uh, when, when we've got downtime, to, to, to film things that are, shall we say, more popular. If you get all my drift. <laughs> Yeah, 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 yeah. I get it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I haven't, I haven't, I haven't resorted to that yet. Uh, I'm hoping we never have to. But uh, um, well, uh, just a bit of fun, really. And I guess it's kind of bringing us to the end of the show. So um, w- next week we'll do some Nam rumours. But before we go, um, we're going to be doing some stuff with Personas, which I wanted to trail. Um, Personas, um, Personas Live. Uh, they've got their channel. If you go to, uh, oh, it's not that button. It's this button, and it's not ready yet either. Let's. Uh, personas.com forward slash videos forward slash personas live should be there now there we go offline but we're going to be every morning at 9.45 pacific time uh, we'll be doing a little sort of sonic state segment roundup kind of of what we've discovered at the show and that's going to be part of a sort of general kind of personas uh, in partnership with personas for the nam show so i'm looking forward to that i'm actually also really terrified of having to do some live stuff because um yeah, but I'm glad it's in the morning. They were talking about doing it in the evening. I said, there's no way I can do it at the end of a day of NAM because I'll be so fried. I'll just be unable to concentrate and won't be able to remember anything. So hopefully, uh, 9.45, um, that's going to be Thursday morning, Friday morning, Saturday morning, uh, during NAM. So hopefully we'll be able to see, uh, uh, you'll be able to get a little flavour of it. And uh, Rich, who was featured in that video, will also be joining us doing a bit of... Um, guitar angle roundup stuff there might be the odd bit of exclusive video if we get in there as well so that's the idea so i want to say thanks to them for uh, helping us out there and um in the meantime we're going to come back and say goodbye to everybody uh hans it's been an absolute pleasure having you again i do hope we can talk you into it um on a more regular or semi-regular at least basis because it's always good to have you aboard and as i said where you're always welcome and appreciate and the audience love you the camera loves you, darling. <laughs> Muso, okay, you. MusoTalk.de. Uh, go check out if you want to see uh, Hans's Acer touchscreen review and uh, loads of other good stuff as well, although it is in German. Yeah, only in German, unfortunately. For the time being. I hope it stays that way, otherwise you're going you're gonna to squeeze us out, mate. Oh, come on. <laughs> anyway, um, Hans, thank you very much for joining us. It's been a pleasure. You're welcome. And we'll also say goodbye to Dave Spears, g4software.com. Thank you very much for... Oh, that's not. He's gone. He's moved. Dave was there. Now he's gone. G4, Dave Spears, g4software.com. Uh, you'll have to speak because Gaz like, has usurped like. you from your... Ah, Gaz, always muscling in on my line. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> Dave Spears, g4software, make us a finance. Are you, are you going to be at NAM in person or are you just uh, a viewing from afar? I will be viewing from afar, maybe. Oh. Oh, so you might be there. I haven't decided. Mm, okay. Well, m- margaritas, of course. Um, <coughs> margaritas, Saturday night. Yeah, anyway. if I don't go there, I will miss the sun, but 
Yeah, lots to do. So I don't know is the honest answer. Okay, well, Dave Spears, anyway, thank you very much for joining us. Check out their great uh, uh, virtual instruments, Reason, Rack Extensions, and that sort of thing. And also we'll say thank you very much to Mark Tinley in his uh, 1950s equipped uh, microphone and a sort of 1980s headphones there. So, Mark, you'll have to speak again, otherwise you'll be downstairs. Coming up to the the first. (laughs) With Spears just sneaking up on high. Uh, it looks like it's going to collapse at the last fence. <laughs> Mark, I've enjoyed your new microphone very much. And, I'm uh, really enjoying it. <laughs> yeah, no, it's great. Do you get kind of... Does it sound better than the other thing I've been using for three, four years? Or yes, whatever? I mean, it's not, not got the same kind of compression on it, but it, it, it's better, I think. It's, it, it's not so conical. You know, that one's got a bit pointy, whereas this one's a lot smoother. So, uh, yes. More middle. More middle. Uh, thank you very much. Very much you're, indeed. You're very welcome. Happy New Year to everyone in the chat room. Yes, and, indeed. Uh, may it be a good one, 2013. Yeah. And also we'll say thank you very much to Gaz Williams over there, songsurgeon.co.uk. His website's back online. And also uh, he's got uh, his at Gad Goldstar, which I'm going to push up here while he talks so no. that I can get him into frame. <laughs> There he is, Gaz Goldstar, uh, Gaz yeah. Williams. Thank you very much, Gaz. It's been a pleasure having you aboard as well. Thank you. Right. Um, that's it. It's the end of the show. Uh, next week, uh, Nam Rumours and uh, a little bit more stuff. Once again, thanks to Yamaha for their sponsorship of the show. And uh, Personas, check them out nearer the time and we'll give you the full URL and what have you for the, uh, the stuff. Anyway, that's it. Thanks for watching.